Welcome to the Playbook for Amazon podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lieber, and the goal of this podcast is to share what's working today that's helping my company, Turnkey Product Management, sell over eight figures per year on Amazon for our clients. We will share with you the actionable steps, systems, and playbook that you can plug into your business to boost your sales on Amazon. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Amazon Playbook Podcast, brought to you by Turnkey Product Management. My name is Brad Enright. I am your host today, and again, thank you for your time joining us. Our guest today is Dave Koisman from Kickfurther. We're going to be talking about funding for Amazon and e-commerce sellers. Kickfurther is a leader in in their industry of lending to Amazon sellers and e-commerce to help them fund inventory, production, manufacturing, and those types of things. So we're happy to have Dave here. Uh, Dave, how are you? Hey, Brad, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. No problem. You are in Colorado, is that correct? Yeah, here in Golden, Colorado. Yep. Golden, Colorado. All right, awesome. Well, we again, we appreciate your time. Let's get right to it here. There's a lot of there's a numerous amount of companies that can help Amazon sellers, e-commerce sellers in this industry, you know, with inventory production or with inventory manufacturing, whatever it is they're going to be funding for. Give the listeners a brief introduction to Kickfurther. So Kickfurther is a unique funding marketplace. We're, we're providing capital for businesses to produce the inventory that they need to sell at some future date. And anybody who you know, is, is manufacturing or purchasing physical goods and then selling them encounters this cash gap that is particularly exacerbated as a business is growing. And that cash gap exists from the point in time when they need to pay for either raw materials or finished goods until those goods are manufactured, sold to customers, and then the proceeds from those goods are actually collected. And, you know, that can take period of a couple of weeks, more often it takes a few months and sometimes as long as a year. So the, the more a business grows, the more strain there is on their cash flow because they need to put out a bunch of capital upfront to pay for inventory and they're not going to see that cash until that inventory is sold. So many businesses in this space, including, you know, from, from startups all the way to enterprise level are financing their inventory. Even if you look at big retailers, you know, they operate on terms, right? So you deliver your an order that Target or Costco or Walmart places with you. You're not getting paid for that for 30, 60, 90 days. The reason for that is because they're essentially using those payment terms to finance their own inventory because they're yeah. collecting goods and then selling them, collecting the proceeds from those sales and then using those proceeds to pay you for, for the inventory. So, you know, all all the way from startup to enterprise businesses are financing their inventory. It's probably the most expensive thing that a business owner can encounter when, when dealing with physical goods as a product. Mm -hmm. And so there's a number of different solutions out there that can bring capital into an organization, pick further offers an inventory financing marketplace. And so we, we use inventory as the vehicle 
for the capital because that is, in in our opinion, the, the biggest necessity for businesses to access capital. Got it. Got it. So besides kick further and what the way you guys operate, what are a few other types of funding an Amazon seller can consider if they're in need of, of funds for inventory or whatever it may be? So we work with a, a ton of Amazon sellers and, and I'll start by saying, you know, Amazon offers a product, I believe that in collaboration with Goldman Sachs that, you know, they, 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 I believe proactively reach out to Amazon sellers and make an offer to them. So they're doing some sort of behind the scenes underwriting process that qualifies an Amazon seller for funding. And then, you know, they pick and choose the ones that they like and present an offer to them. So I know that that is, that is one method of, of funding this business, especially if you're heavy on the Amazon, you know, that's, you know, some people will, will turn to that solution. There's other solutions that operate in a similar manner, which is called revenue finance. And that essentially means that, you know, you're, you're taking, whether it's, it's a line or a loan and you're paying it back by allowing the provider to withdraw a percentage of all deposits going into an account. It's quite similar to merchant cash advance, but generally less costly. And so I'm sure many of you have heard of merchant cash advance. It's sort of frowned upon in the industry, but also at the same time, becoming a little bit more mainstream as you know, risk, risk evaluation is becoming more sophisticated. And so that same model can be applied to offer reasonably competitive rates in the form of revenue financing. The other solutions are, you know, friends and family can give you a loan, right? That's, that's probably sure. the cheapest. <laughs> that may be the riskiest one out of all. <laughs> the riskiest for them, for, for the borrower, you know, that's, that's generally going to be the cheap, cheapest solution. Yeah. So if you have that available to you, you know, that might be a good one to consider if you're confident in the, in the future of your business, because things get, get weird if they go sour, then there's, you know, equity raise, you can go to VCs and they'll buy part of your company for a dollar amount, which is there's pluses and minuses. I would say like everybody thinks it's sexy. So we'll start with that, but you know, it could get really expensive if they buy a third of your company for, you know, a million dollars. And then all of a sudden you're worth a hundred million. Maybe you're paying a little bit too much for that money, but they generally, you know, those, those equity investors that are investing into product goods are well-connected. So they, they have access to distribution channels, manufacturing, logistics, all, all those kinds of resources can be really helpful. That money, um, they, that money they buy into brings a lot of value besides the dollar amount. Exactly, exactly. And they might also have some sort of debt providers that can, you know, fund the business in addition to the equity component. And then there's, you know, your, your traditional bank that, or your local bank that you can go to, um, mm -hmm. they'll offer a loan or a line of credit. And that's a, probably the most cost-effective option out there, but it's quite hard to qualify and even harder to qualify 
for the amount that these business owners are looking for. Because, you know, if you think about how much you're selling for and just easy math, you're paying a quarter of that cost for inventory. Like if, if you're doing 4 million in sales in a year, you need a million for inventory. If you go to a bank and say, hey, I have 4 million in revenue and I need a million for my inventory, they're not gonna give you that much. And not to mention, you're gonna probably need more for operations and for marketing and for logistics and all these other costs. So, mm-hmm. you know, they might be a part of that capital stack, which sort of leads me into the the value add of, of what we bring to the table, which is, you know, we can coexist with a variety of different providers without interfering or causing conflicts. And I think that about actually the, the last option that I'll that I'll get into is accounts receivable financing. This isn't available to Amazon only sellers because it requires a receivable that is created when you deliver it to a buyer. And in my example with Target, Walmart, etc., there's accounts receivable factors that you that will buy those receivables. So let's say you deliver products to Walmart on 90-day terms. they'll give you an advance on that on day one and then Walmart will pay them off. They'll take whatever is due to them and you'll get the balance. And, you know, the costs on those are also competitive with all the other options out there, but you need receivables. And the challenge there is that you're only getting the capital for the tail end of that production cycle. So many of these business owners will look at this as an entire cycle from the the day you pay for the inventory until the day you receive payment for it. And if you're only catching the end of that, then you're sort of playing catch up every time you need to buy new inventory. It's like, when will my next receivables be available? And so a lot of businesses do play that game and they play it successfully, but it's not directly addressing that cash flow gap. Got it. So as an expert in Amazon financing, what are some of the insights that you can share on when's the best time for an Amazon seller to consider partnering with a kick further or another financing company to fund the inventory that they need? And what are some you know indicators that they should look out for some positives and some negatives some red flags that they should keep their eyes open for? I would say when, when you reach a point in your growth where you're six months away from not having cash on hand to fund the growth of the business. If you, you know, when you're just getting started and, you know, maybe you have a few, let's say 50,000, $100,000 in sales, you know, that, that kind of money, you can, you can generally put together the cash to pay for that inventory, or you can use your credit card, which is actually pretty competitive rates, right? But, but we all know that if you exceed a certain threshold of your balance on a credit card, it's going to negatively impact your credit. So maybe the short-term benefit of using a credit card to pay for inventory or to, to grow your business is not worth the long-term impact because it's actually going to make you less credit worthy down the road when you're going for bigger amounts and spending a lot more because your credit's lower now. It's just something that I strongly advise against as a way to really grow your business beyond the immediate first stage. And I guess that would be, you know, another, another alternative to all these other methods that I mentioned. Okay, great. Yeah. That kind of what you talked about that answer kind of leads us to the next three or four questions that we have. So 
a lot of Amazon sellers and e-commerce sellers in general experience seasonal fluctuations in their demand if they sell cold weather products or they sell warm weather products or you know something like that again beach apparel something like that so there's going to be fluctuations in demand what's the ideal time for someone that has a seasonal demand when should they start considering working with someone like yourself how far out do they need to be in conversation to make sure that they meet the inventory needs that they're going to have when these surges come every other quarter or whatever their seasonal fluctuations are on the calendar? Well, I'll start with the minimum. And the minimum amount of time, at least to use us, is, is about two weeks. So, you okay. know, if, and, and really two weeks from the date that you need to pay your manufacturer, right? So a lot of there's a lot of different arrangements that you may have with your manufacturer. You either have some sort of terms where you're paying them after they've shipped and delivered the goods, or you pay them a deposit to place the order and, and then a remaining balance to ship the order. That's the most common method, right? So a lot of businesses will have the cash to place the deposit and then they'll finance either the entire amount or just the remaining balance. And so, you know, my, my advice is, give it plenty of time, a couple months. You know you're gonna be placing that order on a particular date, be prepared long in advance. But if it comes down to the wire, with pick further, it takes two weeks to have the funds available. And that means two weeks before we can send the funds to pay your supplier for your upcoming inventory production run. But with that, with that seasonality, you know, it's it's important to think about how many times a year you're actually placing orders for for that particular inventory do you want to find yourself in a position where you know you're almost out of stock before you're placing the next order do you want to have constantly have an amount on hand that sort of also corresponds to how you're warehousing and fulfilling the inventory because if you you don't want to store too much and say an FBA because they charge you fees for inventory that sits there that isn't yeah. immediately getting shipped out so so, some folks will have their own facility and then they're shipping smaller amounts to their 3PL from there to minimize those those costs. That leads us to, you talked about understanding your financing, whether you're seasonal or not. What, what types of best practices would you recommend Amazon sellers have in terms of managing and understanding their cash flow and the financial projections that they have for the business if they're going to consider funding or financing an inventory production run with you or with another company how what's the best way for them to again manage that cash flow and their financial projection so they don't run into a situation like you talked about where they have to dive into a credit card or put themselves in situations where it could negatively impact the business going forward well I'll start with margins being the absolute most important thing is you got to have the margin to cover all of your costs of operating the business to, and, and still, you know, have some sort of room for profitability. May not, you may not be profitable on day one, but you have to sure. have a path to that. And, you know, you can, you can improve your margins by increasing your order quantities or working with a manufacturer that's less costly than the one you started with. You know, a lot of, a lot of businesses who are producing some sort of unique product We'll, we'll start their journey with like a product design firm that also manufactures a first production run. And those firms are eager to do your next production run in, in the 10 after that, but they charge incredibly high rates. So, you know, considering assembling yourself, 
by ordering components from lower cost producers. And, you know, a lot of businesses actually will end up purchasing finished goods from outside the U.S. and encounter lower costs that way. And so, you know, start with looking at do your margins cover the cost of the inventory, the financing that you'll require, the marketing, the logistics, the branding, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's all these components that add up. And it is, it is good to have a buffer there because, you know, it depends on what solution you go with. You may end up paying quite a bit for financing that inventory. And you don't want to find yourself in a position where you're operating at an increasing loss as you scale. Okay. Very good. And along that same line, you mentioned this a second ago here, and you kind of touched on it again. Along the same lines, we just talked about managing cash flow. What can they do to make sure that 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 they don't negatively impact their credit, so they're able to get this financing at a favorable term as opposed to a less favorable term? So, are there any best practices that you can recommend to keep the credit in good standing? Yeah, I mean, the, the easiest way I think to look at it is is a debt to revenue ratio. You know, you just, you don't want to own, you don't want to owe too much money compared to how much you're bringing in. And that sort of applies to the credit card example that I gave earlier, or, you know, in general with your business. And the other thing is paying back on obligations when they're due, because if, if you don't, it, it sort of spirals out of control. It starts with, you know, late fees. And then if you can't make the payment plus the late fee, then, you know, most financing solutions are going to send you to collections and then those collections will you know report to credit agencies and it it puts you in a position where the next time you go out for financing if you can even access it it's going to be considerably more expensive so the best thing to do is don't take on more debt than you know you can pay and make those payments on time and if you find yourself in a position where you're taking on a scary amount of debt maybe consider just slowing down your growth. That's okay too, right? It's it's all right to, to have controlled growth and it, it's better than having an explosion. So the best way to manage your credit sounds like is just be manage your cash flow, use common sense. And he's like, he said, don't take on too much and just be realistic with what you're doing. And if you have to temper your growth, temper your growth for long-term benefit. Don't put yourself, don't take risks that can hurt you long-term. I would use the approach of like, Every time you're considering an obligation in the future, think about what are the what what are the worst case outcomes, what are the best case outcomes, what's most likely to happen somewhere in the middle there, and then make your decision based on that spectrum of outcomes. Makes sense. Inven- you know, we were talking about inventory and any, you know, whether you're a retail seller, whether you're an e-commerce seller, whether you sell on Amazon, you know, the key to success is having the product on hand. How can an Amazon seller leverage you guys to make sure that they are getting rapid inventory turnover, prevent sellouts, and avoid any sort of fulfillment delays? Are there any best practices that you guys had that you can offer you know, on your website or somewhere where they can go to find resources just to make sure that they know how to manage their inventory going forward? How far out should they start looking at reordering? Is it just based on production time, 
shipping time, all those different things. What are all the different things they need to consider? Yeah, you you nailed it. Production time and shipping time is, is definitely going to be the biggest component. And we have a, a ton of different content that's really valuable to business owners on kickfurther.com. But I would say, you know, you want to make sure that when you receive your next inventory shipment, you're not at zero units on hand for the from the previous one. So pick your, understand what products are selling at which rates and make sure that the best sellers in particular are, you're gonna have plenty of buffer from when your new order arrives. And we all saw this throughout the pandemic as these orders took way longer to, to arrive than, than we ever expected them to. And a lot of businesses missed out on great opportunities to sell because they stocked out before the next shipment arrived. So best practice is have enough on hand not too much where you're paying quite a bit for, you know, storage fees, but place those orders in advance so that you can have, you know, a couple months of buffer when your new inventory arrives. And also a lot of people experience lower costs when buying in larger quantities. So maybe you order less frequently because then you're also gonna have the benefit of maybe filling an entire container or having multiple containers and getting logistics discounts on that. Got it. And the last question, you talked about the pandemic and you know, opportunities missed with supply chain and things that were somewhat in people's control. Obviously, a lot of things that were out of their control. There are still some slowdowns that we, we hear about in the supply chain. What, and with inflation, you know, kind of on the, on the decline here, hopefully, what about the pandemic and coming out of that has impacted your ability or businesses' abilities to get the funding that they need? Have you noticed anything specific or has it kind of maintained itself here since we've been out of it now for you know almost a year? Well, in, in general, it's created more opportunity for financing because of these strains causing people to order less frequently in larger quantities. And when you order bigger amounts, they cost more money and you don't necessarily have that cash on hand. So generally it's sort of created an increased demand for financing, but it's put some some businesses in a really tough position when if, if they, they were maybe experiencing a tremendous increase in sales that was short term based on the circumstances of the pandemic. And then you know, once restrictions were lifted, people changed their lifestyles, then that inventory stopped selling as much. You know, if you think of like disinfectant type products as mm -hmm. an example, that's something that was selling incredibly well. And then almost overnight, the sales just resumed back to their pre-pandemic levels. And so those businesses were certainly, many of them not expecting that change to happen so drastically. And so they yeah. had ordered a ton of inventory and are sitting on way more than they can sell through in the, in the right amount of time. And, and that's putting an, an immense strain on those businesses. And so because of their probably impacted financials, they're going to have a much harder time accessing capital at this point in time, because it's more of a survival effort than a, an effort to purchase new inventory. And really the, the types of businesses that Kickfurther focuses on are those that are trying to access new inventory that they are really confident that they're gonna be able to sell through. And, and, and so we're facilitating that growth more than a sort of a, a, a recovery solution for businesses that are trying to dig themselves out of a over inventory, over stock situation. Gotcha, gotcha. Dave. 
if someone is interested in speaking with you or a member of the team at Kickfurther about potentially working with you to fund some inventory or whatever their business needs are, where can they find you? Well, let's let's just start quickly with with a little bit of qualifications. We sure. are looking for businesses who have at least 400,000 in sales in the last 12 months that are US-based, uh, producing inventory or purchasing inventory that does not require temperature control. It's not essentially like perishable produce, that type of thing. But for everybody else out there, like basically if, if you can sell it on Amazon, um, Kickfurther would, would love to help you fund your new your next production run. And you can find us at kickfurther.com. You can find me directly at david at kickfurther.com or David Koifman on LinkedIn. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, Brad. Thanks so much for having me today. And Yeah, no, a lot of really good information there for people that are running their businesses, coming out of a pandemic, maybe still trying to figure out the financials of it. You know, I, we talk to people every day here that, for the most part are, are on steady ground, but you know, there's always something that could come up. So really good information, some great nuggets there. I'm sure everyone that's listening will pull something of value from it. So Dave, again, appreciate your time. I know you got a lot of things going on at Kickfurther. Thank you for sharing a few minutes to speak with us today and share information, not just about Kickfurther, but about the entire category of what you guys do with the people that listening. We appreciate your time. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Brad. Take care. All right.